Happiness Solved with Sandy Scarlatta. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Paulina Aguilar. She is an international motivational speaker, author, and business catalyst. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Happiness Solved. This was such a great interview, and I'm so excited to share it with you with Paulina Aguilar. But before I get to that, oh my goodness. So today, we're in the middle of this snowstorm, if you will. People up north would think we're a joke down here in the D.C. metro area because we get snow a couple of inches and everything shuts down. So we got a lot of snow. And then today, all the roads were completely fine, but it was still snowing and it still accumulated. But it wasn't hitting the road, so it was no big deal. I had to pick my brother up. He had a minor outpatient type surgery thing, and I had to go pick him up. And I'm sitting out there waiting for him, you know, to be brought out to my car. And my son calls, and he's like in this complete panic mode. And everyone who knows me knows that I am such a mama bear, and everything stops in my world when my son needs me. I don't care what's going on. I could be in the middle of interviewing a podcast guest, and I'd be like, excuse me, my son needs me. We have to stop, (laughs) right? So, my gosh, I tell you, you just can't make this shit up. You really cannot make it up, some of the things that happened to him. So he called, and he's like, Mom, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm in this major, major predicament. I'm like, tell me, tell me. So apparently, some person, could be male or female, we have no idea, could be somebody that's out to get him, could be somebody that was just doing a really sick practical joke on him. Somebody set up an online dating profile for him using his pictures that were on his Instagram account, and they linked it to his Instagram account, okay? And anybody can do this. It's morally unethical, but it can be done. Is it illegal? Probably. The problem with this is, and for my son, who is a straight, you know, young man, it was for a very edgy gay website you know, to meet other gay men. And, you know, my son, he has nothing nothing against, you know, anybody who, who identifies with that sexuality or whatever. Nothing against that. But it was just, you know, you can imagine a young man who's in college and he's trying to attract, you know, new women at his university. <laughs> he's like, Mom, I'm getting these men instant message me on my Instagram account. And, and there was one person he was talking to who was really, really nice and said, hey, dude, I get it. You know, it's not you. Let me report it to the website saying that it's false. And he's like, mom, what do I do? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm clueless. And, and here I am driving in the snow. My brother, who's, you know, half out of it because he had been drugged for this procedure. And granted, I haven't seen my brother in months and we're both wearing our masks and everything. And I was like, look, let me get your uncle home, and now I'll get online and I'll try to figure it out. Nothing. There's really nothing you can do. But in the meantime, I said, why don't you, you know, call the police? He's like, but they can't come to my apartment. You know, mom, they can't come here. And I'm like, okay, I know what you're saying, right? You don't want them to come to your apartment. So, you know, go to them or call the non-emergency line. So it turns out he called the non-emergency telephone number and they were very, very nice to him. They said, There's nothing we can do because it's a public website. We can't do anything from a legal perspective or whatever, but we can tell you how to proceed. So he did, you know, go online and file a report and everything. And uh, I found out a little bit later that 
this one person kept messaging him and was offering him money. And he's like, no. And and the, the person was like, well, how about this much? You know, how much will it take for you to hook up with me? And he's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, mom, this is such a double standard. If this was a man offering a woman money, you know, all hell would break loose, right? Like, that's just not, that's not okay. But, and it's, he was like, I just don't like this double, you know, so it became less about him because he was like, you know, nobody cares. He goes, you know, the only thing I care about is if there's any girls that I'm interested in meeting, they're going to think I'm gay and I'm not. And, and that was his only issue. He's like, otherwise, you know, it was really no big deal. And he, he's totally okay with it now. But that was the big thing. But he was like, I just can't believe this double standard. And that, that you know, it's okay if a man does that to a man and, and is trying to bribe him money for sex. But it's not okay if a man does that with a woman. So anyway, like I said, you can't make this shit up. And it's all fine. It's all good. You know, he'll be able to laugh about it in a few days. But I tell you, I just, I just can't even believe some of those things that the drama that I have to deal with. And it's like every year, you know, that he ages, it's always something different. You know, it was different in middle school, different in high school. Now it's in college and it's a whole nother set of issues and things that we're having to deal with. Anyway, it's all good and, and he's going to be fine. So I uh, just thought I would share, share that story with you all. So Paulina Aguilar, it, this was such a great interview. We had so much fun. And I have to share with you in advance, and I do mention this in the interview, that I found out prior to the interview that my book was available for purchase on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I didn't know, you know, I'm, I'm self-published, but I use a publishing company. And, you know, it, it happens kind of quickly. And, you, you know, once it, it's out there, it's out there, which is great. But I just didn't realize that. So I opened up some champagne and we were talking before we started recording. She's like, you know, texting her husband, bring me a glass of champagne. So we were we were each, you know, sharing a glass of champagne while we were recording the interview and, and we had a lot of fun. But I tell you, she has a really inspirational story and I'm not gonna go through a lot of her bio because she talks about it throughout the whole throughout the whole interview, but she's just somebody who, you know, basically came to this country as a twenty year old woman and had relatives that she could stay with only to learn within a week that they were like, see ya, we're, we're moving to Colombia. And she was like on her own here. And, and she'll go into that. But it's just really amazing to hear a story like that. Because I was born and raised, you know, in the United States, my family's, you know, they go back generations back to the Civil War. My grandmother came over here in the 1920s from Scotland. But on both sides, you know, we've been here for a long time and, and I've never lived anywhere else. I've been on the East Coast in the Baltimore, uh, Washington, D.C. area my entire life. So I can't even imagine what that would be like. So I hope you enjoy it. She was just so much fun. I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, Paulina, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be with here here with you today. Oh, Paulina, I'm so excited to see you. And we've been communicating over the past few weeks, and I'm in your Facebook group, and I'm seeing your posts most daily. I don't get online every day. I, I don't have a whole lot of time. I wish everybody could see this. Paulina has this beautiful office, and she's got the cover of her new book sitting right there. And that's so exciting. So yes, exciting. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> so when do you think your book will be released? So we're hoping by um, early spring. Excellent. 
middle of spring, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer, but we're getting there. The cover is all done. So that's a big part of it, you know, and just huge part. part. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it's kind of fun because what I decided to go with the cover is actually had a a 19 year old painted it for me. It's a unique design and he's a local person. He's from here in Virginia. Very talented. Yes, he is amazing. It is. He did an amazing job and it didn't take him long. And he just, we talked about the concept and he came up with everything and I love it. So kudos to him. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I love the title, Two Steps Forward and Never Look Back. Right? That's, that's what our life is about, right? Yeah, completely. So speaking of life, I, I read on your website parts of your story. And I'd love to dive into that because it's a really inspiring story. And I think it's the type of stories that people need to hear. So what was your story? Tell me your story, how you got to where you are today. (laughs) My story, my story started many years ago. Actually, I grew up in Ecuador. As you know, Ecuador is a pretty small country. It's a beautiful country, though. It's actually the size of Colorado, if you think about it. Really? It's that small? Yes. Actually, it has four regions, which is unusual. It has the coast the mountains, they are the jungle, and it has the Galapagos Islands. So it's a beautiful country, if you think about it, but it has its downfalls. And one of those big downfalls is there is still that mentality of the macho men, the, the men are in charge, women are not equals. And when I was growing up, there was a lot of alcohol drinking around me, a lot of alcohol abuse. There was a lot of physical sexual abuse towards me. So I was decided that, that that was not the place for me. You know, I I didn't belong there. I knew that there was a place that was going to be more colorful to that, a place that actually was going to bring the best out of me. So very young age, at a very young age, actually, I decided to come to the States, the land of opportunities. But <laughs> Right? Uh-huh. How old were you? I was about 20 years old. That's young. Yeah. That's how old my son is. And I can't imagine my son leaving the United States to go some other country. So, yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and the thing is that I came, my father was like, okay, you graduated early. Go ahead and take a vacation. Well, I knew the vacation was never going to end. You know? Did you know anybody here? So when... <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine packing my bag. And I mean, I would love to live overseas. I've never had that experience. But I can't imagine just like, you know, a distant relative in Germany and calling them and saying, hey, I'm not coming over. I'm going to move to Germany or something. So actually, yes, my mother sent me to his cousin here in the States. Okay. okay. Except that his cousin was about 60 years old and I was about (laughs) 20 years old and he had his wife, right? And I came to visit. Well, two weeks later, they were like, guess what? We're moving to Colombia. So you got to go back. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. I don't know how I'm going to make this happen, but I'm not. So being myself and being like, hey, I'm in the States. I want to see this new country, this new place. I decided to take to take the metro into the city. And I met a friend. Her name is Mariana. I met her in the metro. And I told no, her my story. The DC metro? In the DC metro. Going oh, so from, you came to DC. Okay. I came to Maryland. Oh, I Maryland. came to Wheaton. Okay. Wheaton, Maryland. Wheaton, Maryland. Okay. And I met Mariana at the Wheaton Metro. So that day, we decided to just drive down, I mean, take the metro down into the sea. Never met this woman before. She just moved from Argentina here to live with her stepdad. I mean, her dad and his step, her, um, her stepmom. And long story short, we became friends that day. And she said, you know what? I don't know my parents, 
I don't know my dad either. Kind of like I'm getting to know him. Come and live with me. We have enough room. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Why not? That's amazing. That's how it all started. Now, at this point, Mariana doesn't speak English. And I don't either. So we are like, okay, we are going to start this journey together. You know, we are going to figure this country opportunity together. Well, it wasn't that easy. (laughs) No, I mean, English, it's the only language I know. But from what I understand, it's very difficult to learn. Yes. And I mean, I remember going... And you speak really well. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Has not been easy. Um, I went to the first grocery store one time. And that is a super funny story because they were... I was buying like something quick and she goes, paper or plastic? And I'm like, what? Like, what did you say? I couldn't even understand that little two words of what needed. And she was like, this or this? I was like, oh, I got you. That one. That was me. I mean... (laughs) Well... Quite frankly, I mean, it, it was worse years ago. It's better now. There's so many people in the D.C. metro area that don't speak English. So I think we're all used to it and we are more accommodating to people and help them more so. But 20, 30 years ago, it was like, no. what do you mean you don't speak English? It was completely foreign to us. We didn't know, understand. Yeah. And that's what we did. We watched television in English until we kind of learned a little bit. And we just tried talking to people. And Marianne and I became best friends. I lived with her for a few months. Then I met somebody at a restaurant. Um, He was the president of the company. And I talked to anybody. I think that being open and just talking to people and being friendly and saying hello, it opens the door to a lot of things, a lot of opportunities, right? So I literally met the president. His name is the name of this gentleman. He passed away. His name was Phil. And he was like, what do you do? And I was like, nothing. I'm in the States and I don't know what to do. And she was like, what did you study? I was like, marketing. Eh, I have a mar- I have an engineering company. I need a marketing person. You want to come and work with me? Wow. So I had a job and I started doing, actually, he ha- I said, okay, but let me start at the bottom because I want to learn the States. So I said, let me start as your receptionist. Well, that lasted a day because I couldn't understand what the other person was saying on the phone. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, MG, what am I going Yeah, so, that's, that's probably not a good place to start. No, so I knock on his door and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I cannot be your receptionist because I don't understand. He's like, I told you, be my marketing person. And he put me in, in part, uh, as part of a proposal coordinator, right? And then I actually helped with proposal coordination. And not only here, but I went to Argentina. I went to other places. And I helped with, with what I was knowing, what I knew what to do. So that's how I started here in the States. Well, and that was a bonus for him because you spoke Spanish. Yes. That was your native language. So I will help translate because he was doing a lot of business with other countries. So long story short, we bypassed a few years. I'm living on my own. And I got married. And at that point, when you leave your country, you think you are going to leave everything behind, right? You're thinking, okay, all those drinking days of the people around me and all that abuse will stay there. I never worked on myself. If you don't make the changes, if you don't work in yourself, all these things come eventually. You continue to follow the same patterns. So I got married to somebody that was pretty much like that. He was abusive. He liked alcohol and he basically followed the same steps that I left. Yeah. I mean, we kind of do that. I kind of did a similar thing. Yes. Without going into detail, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But you follow those patterns because you're not working on yourself, right? Yep. You just 
put it behind, put it under the rug and moved on thinking, oh, it's going to be great. It's not. So I followed those patterns. I got married and then I started realizing, oh my God, my life is over. I have a, a one and a half year old. I went out of this situation. And remember that book, Eat, Pray and Love, when she's oh, yeah. on the floor and she's yep. crying and she doesn't know how to do it. I had that exact scene in my bathroom. Wow. I knew that it was over. I knew that I could have done it anymore. I, that it, it was, that it was, that was the end of it, right? So I decided, okay, this is it. I'm moving on. But how do I move on? He's my full dependent. I mean, I'm take, he's the one taking care of me. He has a very high job. How do I move on? And every time we went to bed, I knew that he was going, nothing would happen. You know, nothing would change. So I decided at a point, I'm going to make this whatever it needs to be. I came to the States. I moved forward. I prayed that day, crying on the floor. And I said, this is it. I'm moving out. I took my one and a half year old. My ex-husband gave me seven days to find an apartment and leave. Wow. And I did it. Good for you. I did it. And I became the number one sales rep in all the companies that I worked after that. Wow. I became a powerhouse of a woman. (laughs) (laughs) And he could never get over the whole thing. So he has fought me and fought me and still fights. But I don't have the pain. I don't have the hurt. I wish him the best. And right now, my goal is just to do the best for our child. How old is your son now? Now he is 13. 13. Oh, boy. And I left when he was one and a half years old. Wow. With no family here, with nobody to support me, with literally a truck and seven days to find a place in the middle of the biggest snowstorm of Washington, (laughs) D.C. We're having one of those right now. I, I looked outside and it's still snowing. I'm like, it stop. Is. It is. <laughs> Classes, I'm sure they're going to be closed tomorrow again. <laughs> you know, my five-year-old needs to go to kindergarten, please. <laughs> oh, so you have another little boy? Yeah, so I actually remarried. I, well, before I remarried, I actually took a few years to really focus on me. Good. I took the time to heal myself. I took the time to really make a difference in my life. I did a lot of spirituality. I actually have studied over 10 years of spiritual work and I really focus on me. It was about getting my child to be healthy. It was about me to be healthy so we can have a happy life. And I married a wonderful guy who is my partner, my best friend, and we have a five-year-old. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Little boys are awesome, but I I don't know any other way, so. (laughs) Yeah, we both have boys too. I mean, I'm sure little girls are awesome, too, but I just don't have that firsthand experience. <laughs> I take my girlfriend's daughters. I'm like, yeah. I need somebody to go do nails with or, you know, to get that that girl fixed. And that's what I do with them. But then I have boys, boys, yeah. even my dogs. I have two dogs and they are also boys. Yeah, <laughs> so, I have a dog that's a, that's a male as well. Yes, yeah. they are all boys in my house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you've come a long way. That's that's really incredible. So how have you used all of this experience to influence what you're now doing? This had taught me that you really have, until you don't fix the roots of your problem, until you don't find what's really holding you back, what is that block? What is that situation? What is that moment that it actually changed your life and you know, kind of got you stuck so that you couldn't move forward at the level that you wanted until that is not fixed? Nothing else goes as planned. 
Because you can have the best plan, you can have the best dream, but if you don't start from the bottom, figure now what needs to be done, you're going to get stuck eventually or keep rolling back down. Yeah. So yeah. I have taken this time to really see, okay, how am I going to push myself forward? And it kind of really helped that I had so many now how so many wonderful women that are helping me along or that I am helping along and having a, a, a group of amazing women are, are around you makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. We have to have our girlfriends. Yes. That's so, so important. So you do a lot of empowerment work right now. Tell me about some of the things that you're doing. And I'm curious how you incorporate your business experience, that sales experience, because that's really valuable on many different levels. How do you incorporate that into what you, you know, work with your clients on? So for, I do different things. I, I have a group, uh, as you know, I have the High Heel Empower Women's Network. So I do weekly classes for them, weekly trainings on different topics. So for example, sales, lead generation, manifestation, because with me, I have a, a very unique background with 10 years of, of uh, spirituality and 15 years of sales. You know, so you get a little bit of both because I do believe that you have to be, I think that it's important to put your mind. It's like the, you have to think, you have to feel it in your heart, right? Your first picture. So for example, let's talk about you want to reach that, that next job. So you really are looking forward. So what do you do? You go to the newspaper, you go to anywhere, right? To the internet and you start looking for jobs and you start picturing yourself in that job that you want. How is it going to feel? How is it going to, to be? How oh, I'm going to wake up super early in the morning, do my three things that I'm grateful for. I'm going to get up in the shower, get ready and get to the office. My boss is going to be a smile, smiling when I walk in and it's going to feel awesome to be there. You are already there. You're putting yourself there so that your heart starts feeling, the emotion starts attracting, right? Then you start picturing. So you start doing that. You put your head, your mind, your body, your, it's all invested in it. Then you start thinking, okay, so how do I get there? So you start putting action. So you start looking for that job, actually taking the time and applying the resume and taking the interviews. But before you go in the interview, you are prepared for this event. So you get super excited and you're like, okay, do the research of the company. What does this company do? What am I, what am I going to bring to discuss this company? Because they need to understand what you're going to bring. So you do that. So you're starting to sell yourselves. That's where the sales come in, right? And you don't even realize you're selling yourself, but that's really what it is because you are convincing them that you are a value. You are an asset to them, right? Right. They are an asset for you, but they have to see you as the, as the value. You, they have to give you the, the going, wow, she's amazing. Look at her. I mean, I saw her walking in and you have to cause that impression. First impression, right? You have to dress for success. You have to be there. You have to already be in that position to be able to attract it. You do the action and then you're just grateful. You're grateful to know that the universe is going to deliver that exact thing that you need. And it may not be that job, but they may give you the job next door that is even better with a higher salary. And then you're grateful. You're just grateful and then you allow things to happen. And the allowing part is so important and not to attach any expectations yes yes and a lot of a lot of us have a hard time doing that because we live in a society that is quick 
everybody wants quick. Oh, I apply, I want an answer. It doesn't work like that. You actually have to take the time to prepare. And so many people I have seen, so many of my, my clients go, oh, I have an interview tomorrow. I'm like, did you prepare? Oh, yeah, I sent my resume. That's not preparing. You know, so, and for everything in life, we do the same. I mean, you put a GPS, when you go somewhere in your car, you put a GPS. You know, you go in, you put in ways. Oh, I'm going to this address. You prepare yourself. Why don't you prepare for everything else in life like that? Yeah. Yeah. So you may let me think of, I want to just tell a quick story because I manifested my husband because people are like, how did you meet him? Because everybody who knows me knows that my husband and I, we met, he is the love of my life. At that point in my life, I was telling my girlfriends, if I ever tell you that I'm going to get married, please pull out a gun and shoot me because I am never getting married again. So it was about my husband and I were separated, and we lived in the same house for almost a year. And I had agreed that I would not move out until January of 2011. And so I did. So it was about three or four months had passed, and I had had some dates here and there, and I was just miserable. And I woke up in the middle of the night. And at that time, I was using a journal that was on my iPad. That's now off in cyberspace somewhere. No clue where it went, but I don't have it anymore. So who knows where that is? <laughs> So I literally just started writing down what I wanted in my in my next relationship. And and then I just didn't look at it again. A year later, almost to the day, I was begged and dragged to go to this mixer. And there was a woman in the DC metro area. Some of you may have heard of her. Her name was Mimi. She passed away a few years ago, actually the year before we got married in 2005. So she passed away in 2014. I told my friend, I will come and I will stay for 20 minutes and then I'm going home. Well, within 10 minutes, I met my husband and we've been together ever since. And I went back and looked at the list. He checked off every single box and then some, except for one thing. He doesn't cook. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Okay, I can live with that. Every now and then, he makes me French toast and occasional scrambled eggs. What about grilling? He doesn't grill you? No, he doesn't, no. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty good cook. I wouldn't say really good because I think that's too high of a level to achieve to and I don't ever wanna put myself in that category because I don't enjoy it enough. But I'm a, I'm a pretty decent cook. And, and I'm okay with that. I, you know what? Like I said, there's so many other things that I got that I didn't even know I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but you can, you can. I So I love that message that you're sharing with women and how you really do need to just plan everything out. And, and it's the feeling, it's what we have in our heart that means more than anything. Do you remember when The Secret came out? Yes, absolutely. The Secret was like an introduction mm -hmm. to manifestation and they didn't take it to the right level. So, so many people criticized it because they were like, well, I just have to think that I want this and it should happen. And they didn't quite go into the detail that was needed with when it comes to the feeling part of manifestation. So I, but I love your description of it. That's really great. And I love that you're having these, uh, these classes and you're teaching people about sales. And that's really, that's so powerful. And you don't charge money for those either, do you? No, we have every Tuesday at 12 noon, I go live between 30 and 45 minutes, sometimes a little short, sometimes a little longer. And sometimes I bring guests, 
you know, and you will what? be there. You will be there for sure. Well, I am a recruiter by trade, so I kind of know a little bit about finding a job. And <laughs> but it is, it is, it's more than that because what I want to bring to women is really they need to understand how powerful you are as a woman. You know, it's, it's so many of us have been beaten down by life. But I had two choices at that point. I was going to go down and be sorry and don't move forward. Or I could say at that point, which what I did was like, you know what? This is it. I am going to do whatever it takes to get me to that next level. And yeah. that's what I teach women. You know, take those steps forward. If you cannot do it alone, come to a coach like me. Come to a coach like you. You know, find that next person that will help you. Because sometimes alone, we cannot. No. And that is so important, you know. And I have to tell you a, a really quick thing. I manifested my husband too. Did you? Oh, tell me. <laughs> exactly like you I did. I love it. I Exactly like you did. I was going, I actually read a book and I was thinking, put, it's called Put the Angels to Work. But it's in Spanish. It's not in English. They don't have it in English, but it's basically the translation, Put the Angels to Work. And the nice. book says that we have a realm of angels that we all have around us and that they are willing to help us if we only ask for help, Right. So I read this book and it said, everything you do, just create it and let it be. Trust that it will happen. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm, at this point I'm single, I'm by myself. I'm, you know, my little boy is about two years old, actually maybe three at this point. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of ready to date somebody. I'm still young. I want more kids. So I started writing a list and I wrote everything. I remember writing, he must dance, he must speak Spanish. You know, he must love Latin culture. Now, does no. your husband speak Spanish? He speaks enough. Yes, Good. absolutely. And he's from Georgia. And the best part is that his family came with him. And I, I remember asking specifically, his family must be amazing and must love us. <laughs> and guess <laughs> so what? So important. My mother-in-law is the best mother-in-law you can ever ask for. And my father-in-law actually buys Spanish music and plays it for us. And we party together, the two of us, because <laughs> he loves the Latin culture, you know? So everything, everything on that list came, came up, everything. It was amazing. And the same thing. I created the list. I put it in a special place. I still have it. And one day I showed my husband, I was like, look at this. This is you. I asked for you and got delivered. <laughs> so I just had to tell you that side story because I was like, not very many people can share that connection, especially when, and I think that if so many women actually do it and really, really, truly believe they can do it too, Yeah, you know, because we did it. Yeah. And it's, it's the most important thing because I really had just given up and I figured that, okay, I'm okay with being alone. And I really was okay with that. And that was an important part of me leaving my ex-husband was learning how to be alone and being okay with it, being okay with me, myself, and I in my own skin, because that was a hard thing. And now my husband knows that every day at a certain time, I look at him and I'm like, okay, it's time for you to go to bed. And he was like, oh, okay. Now, usually, now that we have a dog, we have a puppy he usually goes up to bed earlier, but there was a while I had to almost train him. And I don't want you to sound like I'm like this domineering, controlling person because I'm not in any way. It's just he knows that I need my alone time because I lived alone with the exception of when my son, you know, we shared custody. 
So he knew that I needed my alone time and, and he honors that today and, and it's wonderful. But he likes his alone time too. So, you know, it, it, it works both ways. But just being able to be in the relationship for the first time in my life, and I didn't marry him until I was 50 years old and we've been married almost six years. So, you know, we're, and he's eight years older than me. So we're, you know, I'm like, okay. I was married to somebody for 20 years who we hated each other. Well, he didn't hate me. I, did, I just didn't like him. Today, we are best friends. We are like brother and sister. We have a very, very strong friendship, and it's wonderful. And we're really good as, as friends. My husband, on the other hand, when we decided we were going to get married, I was like, you know, I'm, I was married to somebody that I didn't like for 20 years. I think I can give you 20 years because by that point, I'm going to be close to 70. And at that <laughs> point, if I if we make it till I'm 70, like, why bother? I might as well just stick it out, right? <laughs> at that point, yes. what's the point of getting divorced? So I was like, yeah, I think I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> we tell each other with my husband, it's 33 years. Yeah. On the first 33, we're going to decide for the next 33. That's the way we do it. <laughs> just 33 years at a time. I feel like it's 20 years. That's just me personally. You know, most a lot of my friends after 20 years are going through divorces and stuff, but I, it's different for everybody. But, you know, you I know. think that you were also going to, and you were talking about the point that is very important. A lot of women don't feel comfortable being alone. Yeah. They feel that they need that male figure in their lives. And I remember when I was dating my husband, I said, we actually never talk about marriage. I never, him and I never talked about marriage. We actually, what we said, he was like, hey, we're dating. I have my son, you know, he, he met him and everything. And then I remember telling him, look, if I choose to be with somebody now, it's because I want to be with that person. Not because I need that person. I don't need you because I'm successful, right? Yep. But you bring something and I'm happy. I'm super happy on my own, by the way. So I'm happy. I have my house. I have my child. Life is good. My job is it's amazing. I'm the, on the top of the top. But if I chose to be with you, it's because I want to be with you, not because I need to be with you. And I think that changed because I don't become, he doesn't need to make me happy anymore. So it doesn't become a burden. It doesn't become a job. And I think that for us as women, sometimes we forget about that. Oh, and yeah. we feel that we need that man. And we don't. I met my ex-husband when I was 21 years old, and it was at the lowest point in my life. The lowest point in my life. And I talk about this in my book. I, I've never talked about it on the on the podcast, but it's in my book, which is about to be out there. So I might as well talk about it. But I was abusing cocaine when I met my husband. And it all stemmed from never dealing with the loss of my brother. He died when I was 12 years old and my whole life fell apart. And at that, this was 1978 when my brother died. He was 19 years old. And you didn't go to therapy. So I just shoved everything down and it ended up coming out in the form of, of drug abuse. And so I ended up, my ex-husband and I we were engaged and he found out about it and I had hid it from him for like three years. He had no idea that I was using it because he was very, very busy. He was an up and coming in his career and you know he was just very busy. So we didn't have a whole lot of time together. And um, I ended up you know, going through like an outpatient rehab program and actually didn't drink for 20 years <laughs> because of when you go into a program like that, you have to give up everything. And then it reached a point where I was so afraid because I never had issues with alcohol, but it was like, I'm afraid to touch that because that's going to lead me back to drugs. And I didn't want to go down that road. And then of course my son came along and we started going through a divorce and I just thought, you know what, 
I don't need. So it was it was a while before I decided, you know what, let me try this again. And, you know, and I felt like I dealt with all of those issues that were leading me to that abusive behavior toward myself. But anyway, I digress. No, no, but, but you're yeah. absolutely right. Because if you don't deal with those issues, yeah. that's what brings it back. Oh, you yeah. know, and you and, and like I was saying, you don't know when, how far back you actually are being affected by. Yeah. It may be you were five years old. And actually, there is a study that shows that everything that we follow in our life happened to us in a different way. But we are relation. We were using that as a, a like a relation kind of thing to zero to seven years old. So all the things that happen between zero to seven that we may not even remember that actually affects the future. You know, and affects what and affects how you deal with relationships, the money issues. When you grow up hearing to your parents, and I don't know if your parents, but my parents were great at this. Money doesn't grow in trees. Money doesn't grow in trees. <laughs> oh yeah. It was something that was brought up on a daily basis. <laughs> yes. And the other one is you have to work hard for your money. So our mentality as we grow up is like, oh no, no, we have to work really, really hard for our money. We have to really, you know, kill ourselves to get money. No. Money is there for us if we're actually open to receiving it, right? But we have to block all these things that all of the society has been putting it throughout our life. And when we get to like 20, 25, 30, and we're like, oh, no, no, we have to do this and we have to do that. No, you don't have to do anything. What do you really want to do from the bottom of your heart? And we forget. So Completely. <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right. So I want to get back to, because I, I we we started going on another direction, but I want to really emphasize how amazing that is that you're offering a free workshop to people and what a great way to give back to the community. And it's not just for people in Virginia. And that's why I want to throw that out there that this is, you know, if you're on Facebook, you can partake in, in her High Heeled Empowered Women's Network. Tuesdays at noon, you said? Tuesday, uh, Tuesdays at noon, yes. And I actually just finished a nine-day uh, workshop. And it was called the, high, um, the Step Up to Six Figures, Step Up to a Six-Figure Income in One Year. And I did that for nine days to help women just to see, hey, they, you can get to that next level. And the next one that is coming up actually in March, it will be a Step Fearless. Nice. A Step Fearless into Your Future. There is no more hold up, ladies. There is no, we're going to figure it out. We're going to move forward. We're going to make it. So that's my next one. And I'm super excited. But in the meantime, every week at 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time, I have my regular uh, class and we talked about all different topics. I mean, today I had a guest on one of my workshops and it was all about spirituality. Yesterday was a real estate mogul, actually, in this area. And she has a whole empire and is a woman. And I wanted her to inspire everybody. Uh, Saturday, I had, oh, a great guy. He's, he's, um, he's known as the Big Dreamer, and he has written all these books. So I just want people to feel empowered, not only by me, but by other people that have been in their situations before and that can push them forward to that next level, you know? And if you still need help, I'm here too. So it's always nice. That's great. That's great. I want to talk about your book, Two Steps Forward and Never Look Back. Talk about that. It's just the way that you look at life. You know, like I said earlier, I had two choices. I chose to move forward. I want to empower women to move forward because we all had a bad moment in our life. We all had that divorce. We all had that loss of a person that we love. We all had something in our life 
that is that is really not allowing us to move forward. So I want all these women to know that we can make it through. We have the power inside of us if we really look for it. And waking up every morning is a blessing. You know, being able to have food on the table is a blessing. Having people around you is a blessing and all these things. And what I do is actually, and I love heels, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a, what I call it, I'm a bling bling girl and I'm a yoga pant girl. So I'm your girl all the way around, right? And what I do is actually I want women and through the whole book, I, I talk about steps like glam it up. That's when you transform your life. You uh, dress for success. You uh, find the confidence to go out in public. How do you talk? How do you do it? Step it up is the next step. So how do you do that? That's when you grow, when you glow, when you go. So I have all these steps. And at the end of the book, I want you to have the power to go get that pair of shoes that you always wanted. You know, there is that wonderful pair of shoes and you need to, because remember in DC, every time we walk, the heels get stuck and you break a heel. <laughs> <laughs> So you need to be prepared for whatever it comes. And the whole book is analogies about shoes and about women and how we can be that slipper girl that is, you know, at home comfortable. But when the moment comes, we're ready to jump and we're going to go get that job that we want. Or the sneaker girl that is running around trying to pick up the kids and the food. And, you know, or the boot girl that is carrying the weight in their shoulders. How do we become all these women? But at the end of the day, we have a collection of shoes that will actually fit every occasion. Wow, that's, that's pretty my cool. book. <laughs> I love, I love that because most women do have lots of different shoes that they they fit. Yeah, yeah. if you go to Vegas, how many pairs of shoes are you going to pack? It depends on how many days, but at least three or four. <laughs> you need your if you for the pool, you need your 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 flip flops. Yeah. If you you are going to go for a walk with the girls, you need your you know you need your slippers inside the house. You need your your high heels, your different you know your wedges. We can be that woman that has all of this in the world, in, the, in our lives, if we just want to. And that's my goal. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Paulina. This has been so much fun. And oh my gosh, I'm just so excited for everything that you're doing. And it's been such a great time tonight talking with you. What else would you like to share with the listeners? I want to I just say, don't let anything stop you. You have the tools inside of you. Listen to your inner voice. Listen to that gut feeling. Listen to your inner wisdom and do what's right for you. Because what's right for you, it may not right for everybody else, but it's going to make you happy. And when you are happy, when you have a joyous life, when you do everything that you feel is right for you, you are going to achieve your goals at the end of the day. That's what I will say. Just be you and be happy. I love it. I love it. Paulina, this has been a pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for joining me today. And congratulations on your book. Yay! <laughs> and I look forward to some collaboration with you as well. Absolutely. Yes. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. And have a good night. Thank you. You too. That was fun. I really, really enjoyed speaking with Paulina. She's got so much bright energy and joy to share. And what an amazing story. Wow. The courage, the courage that she had to come here at such a young age with essentially nobody here. And boy, I, I really commend her for being such a 
American success story. You know, that's what everybody wants when they come to this great country is to, you know, build a better life. And, and she's a living, breathing example of that. If you want to learn more about Paulina and some of the programs that she has to offer, you can go to her website, which is paulinaaguilar.com. And that's P-A-U-L-I-N-A-A-G-U-I-L-A-R.com. Thank you for joining me today. If you want to learn more about what I'm doing, go to my website at sandyscarlotta.com. My book is now available, yay, on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. And please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlotta. I hope that you enjoyed today's interview and I hope that you stay safe and healthy and that your life is filled with joy, peace, and happiness. Until next time, thanks again for joining. 